Welcome to the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Because a lot of times we miss our seasons. 
We miss our times. We miss our hours uh, that God has designated for us to be fruitful and multiply. But we want to harness those times, and we want to fulfill them as the Lord gives it to us. When you get that passion, start moving. Take action in Jesus' mighty name. So we again, we are in Matthew 24, and we're talking about uh, verses 40 through 51, and I'm just going to read through it and also want to give you a friendly reminder to go back and listen to the previous sessions that we had on Matthew 24. We did an um, in-depth walkthrough, so you do want to go back and listen to those in case um, you want to get some relevant information about your kingdom mandate. What is your order right now for the kingdom of God? So I'm reading again in Matthew 24, starting from verse 40. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, and one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. And But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is the servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make his ruler over all his goods. But And if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I believe Jesus is talking to the body of Christ here, and uh, as he was talking to the disciples. Um, because he's saying he's talking about a people who are inside of uh, doing things that should be according to his will and or his order. Because he makes a point at the end of this, he says, "But and if that evil servant, so obviously um, someone who was supposed to have the right heart in him, is now." moving away from what they're supposed to be doing. He said, my Lord delayeth his coming. So this is someone that's saying, well, Jesus is not here yet. He haven't come to take us away. And he, this person becomes a different person. He begins to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. Um, the Lord of the, that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him. But we have so much in this. Let's uh, first talk about the two women shall be, I mean, the two men, I'm sorry. Uh, it says, then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. And I'm referring to men because in the book of Luke, we find in Luke 17:17, 17, 
1734 that it does make mention of men. Luke 1734. Um, let's talk about this and see what the Lord is saying here. Uh, let's start with Minister Belinda. Can you start us off there? What is the Lord showing you in that? In that well, he's saying that, I mean, there'll be two people, you know, whether you're on top or you're doing this, and uh, one will be taken and one will be left. The one that is uh, giving their life to the Lord and obeying him, that's following whatever direction he told them in their life, they'll be taken and one will be left. You know, that's all I'm getting at, that uh, out of our obedience. He said, because uh, you read on, and he says, to watch, you know, oh, let me go where you were. Let me go, wait a minute. It says on 42, watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord shall come. And, and there's some other scriptures when he says watch and pray. So that's being spiritually discerning, whatever the Spirit of God is saying. You know, he said to watch and pray and be found faithful. Faithful is obeying what God says according to his word. And his laws that he gives us. You know, if God has appointed you to do something, you know, your everyday life, if you're a mother, a person in the field, but you got your mind on God, you're doing what he says, you're living according to his court ordinance. And when God come, comes, he said he's going to take those already. He's coming for his church. So there'd be a separating. You know, one ago and one month. You can go back to that scripture when he says, you know, divide the the, the tear from the wheat. Not a dull moment at all. Um, Minister Gloria, please share what the Lord has given you in that area. Um, one taken, one left. Um, it's a time of judgment, obviously. Why, why else? Why else would one be taken and one left? You know, it, it implies a judgment going on, and uh, it speaks about really who's ready and who's not. Yeah. Um, how did we spend our time? Did we bother to get ready? Did we bother to acknowledge that there's a time of grace and there's a time of judgment? And how did we use our time of grace? Did we take it for granted? You know, we talked in our previous sessions about uh, how in the end time it'll be like in the days of Noah. And the people in the days of Noah just went on with their daily business and they really didn't consider the things of the Lord. Uh, and in, in the end time, it's, it's the same thing. Even today, it's the same thing. People just, you know, they get busy with work and with uh, what we would consider to be, you know, uh, not necessarily things of evil because uh, there are things of evil, but there are also the busyness, the distractions of just daily life. 
But still, even with those things, we still have to be uh, conscientious of how are we spiritually? Because we can't just live in our flesh. We've got to be spirit-minded. We've got to be aware that uh, the Lord is coming back. And as much as our retirements are important to us and we get ready for retirement, and we're so consumed by that, and there's so many aspects to getting ready for retirement, you know, we have to work now and we have to save for later, and how much can we spend now versus putting away money for later in the bank? And we're so consumed with that that it consumes our daily life every, every day. But are we spiritually minded? Do we consider that there's a day of the Lord coming and that we don't know when that day will be? And it's going to take us by surprise because the Lord will not tell us when it's coming specifically so that we can get ready, so that we can be ready all the time. And so how are we spending our every day now in terms of of being spirit-minded, in terms of getting ready for the day of the Lord. Um, so that that's what I'm getting out of this. Totally agree with both of you, and I believe that the Lord is going to also share some more in-depth information from Jacqueline Rogers. Okay, I guess we'll continue on. We may be some technical difficulties or she may be in transit. So we'll continue through. And I, again, I absolutely agree with you that we're talking about a day of separation. And um, with it saying that there's two men that will be in the field, definitely um, one is being taken and one is being left behind, um, surely gives us an indication that there's going to be a separation of men uh, there at that time. Um, and, it, and it sounds like a serious time of separation because um, when God is talking about separating one man for another, there must be some distinct um, secure, things that are not uh, aligned with God's wills for one to be left behind and one to be taken. Um, and the Lord talks and it talks to us in the Bible about moving uh, men into the born, and then He talks about uh, uh, I'm saying the wheat. He's separating the wheat from the tares. He's moving the wheat into the born, and then He also talks about the sheep will be on His right hand side, which is a place of honor, and then He talks yeah. about sheep being uh, the goats being on the left hand side, and we we have to wonder what is the difference in the distinction of a sheep uh, to a goat and why would the Lord uh, say that one is going to be on the left and one is going to be on the right and we, when we talk about tares what do tares do to wheat they strangle off uh, the oxygen uh, the life substance that it needs to breathe and the Lord is saying he will separate away from those things that are draining the, the wheat that are uh, killing off the wheat causing it to die off um, uh, let us continue on. Minister Belinda, please share your uh, thoughts on the next verse where we're talking about, it says two women will be grinding at the mill and one will be taken and the other left. 
Well, you know, when they when the Lord uses the example of them working, that's just like us. You know, we'll be doing uh, like we work today. You know, I may be at my job. This person will be here. But it's the point that he's going to separate. He's not taking disobedience with him, and he's not taking sin. And when you said that like the tares and the wheat, and that the tear will uh, strangle out or take the nutrients and kill the, the wheat. What does evil do? Innocent people suffer from from the violence and the evil that when we walk in disobedience, we don't walk in the word of God, his laws and his principles. So, I mean, they will be, we will be laboring. But how are we laboring? Are we laboring with our mindset on God? Have we made God our center? You know, have we made him first? If we can do that, he will make everything else line up. Where you can work, you can do this, but he is your source of strength. He is your source of peace. And he's your guiding force in this life. I was told something once that uh, you could pray 24. And I said, what? You know, you could even uh, pray while you sleep. And I said, are you crazy, kidding? But you know what? I found out that that's real because the spirit man doesn't sleep because that's connected to God. So you can pray inwardly at all times. And even in your sleep, the spirit man will pray. So this... He's given us an example and an understanding that it will not matter. You're still going to be held accountable. You know, whether you're working, whether you're laboring, if you have not made the the Lord Jesus Christ your, your sinner, he's coming for his children. Now, you can go back to the five wise virgins and the five foolish. He called all ten of them. The five chose to have their lamps filled with oil and their wicks trimmed. The other took it lightly. So when when the Lord came for his bride, those five went in and that door was shut. The others couldn't go in. Amen. You know, and I totally agree with you because it doesn't mean for us not to work. It doesn't mean for us to, uh, not to plow. But because right. you have two are grinding, and and one is taken away as they're grinding, and the other one is still left behind. So I believe it's the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter. Where where is the heart in all of this? Um, and how is the position before God, and not not man, or not um, in the acts of what we are doing? But how is the heart positioned as we're functioning in the earth? Um, Minister Gloria, please share your thoughts in, on that scripture. Uh, for me, you know, the Bible says that the Lord Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back to uh, to rule. And he's coming back uh, to rule in the millennial age. And for me, I, I'm, uh, I'm seeing this, that, those that are taken 
are taken for eternal judgment, and those that are left behind remain with Christ. That's how I'm seeing this. Amen. That's good. Very good. So in um, 42, it says, Watch, therefore, for you know not, do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Um, Minister Belinda, what what do you think about that? Because that's a, such a profound statement that Jesus Christ is saying himself. And he's prophesying for that present time with them and also for the future. And he's saying that you don't know the uh, time or the hour. So uh, it looked like there must be a preparation stage, that, or not only preparation, but we must be settled in it. What, are your, what is the Lord showing you there? He, you know, when he said, when he came and said that he wished none would be lost, so he's doing present and future, giving people the opportunity. His desire is always to give instructions, to tell, tell people that this is going to come. But if you do this, then you won't have to fall into this. Um, I had a thought, and I got to get it. Um He's, he's telling us, you know, and you won't know the time. He said no one knows the time. So, you know, that's an instruction right there. So if anybody comes and says, well, Jesus is coming over here, they're lying. But he did tell us, pray to this, be, be found, be found. What does that mean? Be found doing what God says. Be found praying and watching. How do you watch and pray? You pray to always be found in the will of God. Always be doing what God says. Always, you know, if the Lord says, uh, uh, say it's Jane. Jane, come out from that. No longer walk this way, but walk this way. That's walking you in the pathway of God. You know, he said, wide is the pathway to destruction. Narrow is the pathway to righteousness. So you, if you're on the path of destruction, you know, if you give your, I'm talking about God's people, because God's people, he's talking to God's people, that you have to stay on that pathway. And how do you do that? By praying and watching. Pray what's coming to you. Have you, or you still have the mindset of God, or is your mind going towards the world? Is your your is your heart starting to move away from God? That's in the path of destruction, the wide road. So when He comes, you're not going to be ready. He said, "Watch and pray." Prayer keeps you because you're asking God. You cannot keep yourself, God, by the power. He said, "Not by my might." but by the Spirit of God. He's our keeper. He's our fortress. You know, he's our strength. And if you're leaning on God, you cannot fall. You cannot not make it because God is not, he cannot, uh, uh, he's eternal. His strength is forever. We'll fall, but God won't. 
Yeah, that's good. You you know, and then that that word watch, watch. What are we watching for? We're watching for the coming of our Lord and Savior. Um, yes. So we have that temperament where we're always watching for Him to come. We're waiting for Him to come. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for Him to uh, be with us all the time. You know, um, you have a time when even as you, you are seeking the Lord all the time. There's a time that he feels distance from you, so we should always be watchful and desiring that connection with him that we feel, uh, you know, we we have the comforter, we have the, everything that we are needing is with us and within us and that we're we're, uh, desiring it at all times. So we should be watching. What are we watching for? There's so many, we can look at this dimensionally as well. We should be watching mm-hmm. for the, the uh, seasons. We should be watching for revelation. We should be watching for wisdom and knowledge and understanding because without those, we perish, according to the word yes. of God. So we should always be watchful, looking for all of those things that we that we will be able to be um, in tune with God at all times. Uh, because, yes. like he said, we don't know the day and nor the hour. Um, Minister Gloria, please share your uh, what the Lord has given you. You know, I, I agree with in, uh, concerning the watchfulness of God's people, how important it is to watch. Even today, I, I think as we live today and we, we, we're living in a time when we, people are shocked, I mean, I, I, around the world at what has happened uh, in our governments, the people that we voted in and trusted, and we, we can see the incredible deception. And we're just actually beginning to see it. And, and daily, as we follow this in the news and uh, we hear about it, and more comes to light, uh, as the truth really does uh, come to light, uh, daily we are shocked at the deception. And the way... Uh, the governance of the nations was going on in such corruption and the multitude really didn't see it. And so if we don't watch, if if, if we're not discerning, if we're not diligent uh, to understand the things of God so that we can be a discerning people uh, spiritually, it will continue to get worse and worse. And so we've got to watch and pray. We've got to know the word of God so that we can discern the times. Uh, We've got to know the word of God so that we can help others. You know, even as we are, even as we learn the word, it's not for us just, first, it's not for us to just let our Bible sit on the shelf and, and look pretty on the coffee table. You know, it's, it's not decor. We've got to open it and read it and get it in our spirit. But then once it's in our spirit, we're responsible to do something with that knowledge. Um, we're to help our fellow man. We're to reach out and, and help others to understand truth, the truth of God. And so we, we have a stewardship. Once we have the word of God in us, we have a stewardship to get it out to others and to help others to understand uh, 
what's in there? What does it mean for us for today? What does it mean for us for our eternal future? And what does it mean for those around us? Uh, and so we have a responsibility, a stewardship, um, to be a people that are watchful, that are discerning, a people that are ready to go forth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that, that's re- that really is the Great Commission. And I think sometimes we think that we have to take it to another nation, take it to, you know, big and uh, 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 have ministries, you know, that, that are like uh, huge. And we miss the people around us because we want to reach those that are, you know, international. We're, we're all thinking big. But if we would just even start, start to reach those around us, even that would be a great ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just encourage everybody to continue uh, to be watchful and to be watchful daily. Amen. Amen. And, you know, also, too, when we look at this, when we talk about being watchful, we're also um, looking at the duty and the requirement of it. It's not something that... Um, because it's a verb, it's a command, and and there's more than one places where in the Bible where the Lord is saying, watch and pray, watch, be watchful, you know, and and so it's a verb, it's a command for the body of Christ to be watchful, and so it's a duty and a requirement. So if we forsake those things, um, are we? You know, and we shouldn't be watching in vain. We shouldn't be awake in vain. Um, We shouldn't be complacent with it. We should give diligence to it because when he's saying we know not the day and hour, that means that a day is going to spark, a day, a time is going to come where you may have your last breath or you ready uh, for that time because you know not. You know when, you don't know when it's coming. And so the Bible is saying, and uh, I'm reading from First Peter uh, uh, one. I'm sorry, Second Peter in the three. And I'm reading the verse eleven. It says, "Seeing that then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasten unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens." Being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So we we must be diligent in it. We shouldn't become lax in it to where uh, things are moving forward without us at any time because things can come forth and we don't know how, we don't know when. Uh, we do know some of the things that are com- coming forth as we have spoke uh, about those in previous episodes. But we need to be ready uh, at all seasons and at all times, every moment of the day. And verse 43, it says, but know this, that if a good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. And so we, we've been talking about this, about um, 
you know, the time and the hour. But that, again, too, that is a powerful statement that Jesus is making. He said, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. And now you watch even on on the news, you see people breaking into other people's houses, and they wouldn't have known that the person is coming to burglarize their home. But he's saying to be watchful, be, be proactive in the approach, uh, to be seeking, again, revelation, to be seeking things beforehand before they even come about. And and the Lord, as you know, uh, most of us that are in the body of Christ know the Lord will reveal things to you. You will have a revelation prior to, the, to something coming through a dream, through a vision. Uh, maybe he will send the word by a, a man or a woman of God. Maybe he will, will speak to you himself. We know not how because he spoke with Balaam with a donkey. But we should be watchful and we should be praying ahead of time proactively, even for our very steps that we're taking, that we will not stumble and fall by the stumbling block. Uh, Minister Belinda, please share uh, what the Lord has given you in that area. Yes, ma'am. He said if he had been aware, how do you be aware? By the Spirit of God, because he sees and knows all things. He knows the future, the end, the middle. So if you're, he's saying that the good man, now he didn't say bad man, he said good man. And how do we be, what is the righteousness of God? You know, it's not what we consider the good, it's what God considers that a good man is. So that's a, a part there, too. You have to line up with God's word. But if he had been aware, his house would have not suffered loss. It wouldn't be split up. You know, that goes into a lot of things. I mean, people, they're not aware of what's coming in the house. Everybody looks natural. You know, confusion is not of God. Strife is not of God. Anger is not of God. But people think, well, that's just me. That's just my attitude. No, there's something else talking to you. Because God keeps you in peace. And if those things come into your house, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and divide, to destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. If I can divide you, I can destroy you. You know, many houses are becoming destroyed. Um, When Donna said, you know, God will give you a vision, a dream, a revelation. Now, this is a spiritual thing, and it's also it's spiritual first. But it can manifest naturally. Mm-hmm. And I'll give an example. One time I was sitting on the couch, and I looked towards my window, and I seen a man coming in my window with a, a skull hat, one of those skull things. And I said, Lord, what is this? I had to shake my head and look again. I said, Lord, did I see that? So I began to pray. You know, I was watchful and prayerful over my house as a single mother with my kids. That nobody would come in my house and do harm to me or my children. So I began to plead the blood of Jesus, put angels around that house. Well, about two or three days maybe, uh, early in the morning there was a knock on the door. Boom, 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 boom. You know? And I didn't open the door. I said, who is it? And they said, the police. So I looked 
on the side of a window before I opened it up, and it was a police officer's. And I said, yes, what is it? And they said, were you up at this time? Did you see anything? And I said, no, because I wasn't up at that time. And I asked them what happened. Well, there was an older woman that used to live across, and I would see her doing her yard. So I knew what it felt like to be by yourself, and she was older. So I would pray for her, too. Well, a man broke into her house, and uh, by the grace of God, they said she was very lucky. They said lucky. The man came in. She was still asleep. I think if she had woke up, it might have been different, but she slept through it. He stole some money and jewelry, and the only thing that they found, guess what they found outside on the yard? A ski mask. Now, that was pre-warning to me before it took place. So God is saying that he can tell us, you know, but you have to be uh, praying, and then you have to be obedient. You know, sometimes God says, warns us that we don't have to have these things taken or things happen to us. It may be that we need to change. We need to pray, Lord, take this from me. You know, so peace can be. But if we don't want to, then you you keep allowing this enemy come in your house. Or, or, you know, he said it wouldn't cost a man loss. This house would have never been uh, divided. So it's important. It's important to uh, be prayerful and to watch and pray that you see. Pray for dreams. Pray for visions. You see, he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. But that's what I have to say. Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. Um, And you gave a perfect uh, testimonial example uh, that the Lord can reveal things to you beforehand, but we must be watchful. Um, And, you know, as he said again, he said, but know this, that uh, if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would have come, so how can we know without God? How it's impossible for us to know without God. Now you can use uh, some of the uh, demonic forces, but you're also going to get a demonic effect. But if you use the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, what He have given you as a weapon, what He have given you as your effective tool for the kingdom of God in His order then you will have the appropriate effect, which will be favorable in, and with you and favorable in the eyes of God. Um, Minister Gloria, please share your thoughts in that area. You know, a house, I, this is a parable, and it's talking about uh, the owner of the house, the strong man of the house, being watchful over his house, over his, um, over his property, and where he lives. But if we are to take this as disciples of Christ, what the way we should take it is that we are to be watchful over our souls. And that's, that's really where we live. We live uh, 
it's, it's out of our souls that we live. And why are we watchful over the soul? Yeah, our souls, you know, it, it, it's made up. It's, it's made up by a number of things. It's, it's uh, the imagination. It's, it's uh, the memories, the emotions. It's our will. You know, it, it's how we process what we receive from our external world. It's how we how we uh, how we process internally the things that are happening around us and and eventually it's how we live uh, it translates into how we live spiritually because it starts to form our thinking I, through it's through the soul that uh we we form our thoughts and we get those you know the, the premise out of which we live and if we're not watchful over our souls you know, if we're just putting in front of our eyes whatever, you know, the magazines and the whatever movie, whatever, uh, we start listening to whatever conversations, whoever looks, uh, you know, gets out of podium and uh, uh, has a, a cute little message that, that kind of appeals to us in some way. If we're not discerning, if we're not watchful, if we're not mindful of how do these things line up with the word of God, do they line up with the word of God? How do these worldly things fit my theology, my, my belief in God, or does it at all? Does this benefit my spirituality, or is it hurting me? Is it breaking down my faith, and really a lot of the things of this world that seem so attractive. You know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy rules over this world. And the things that are presented, the things of this world that are presented to us often come in what appears to be attractive um, packages, if you will. They're really not beneficial to our spirit life, but they are filtered in through the soul. They're, they're filtered into our beings through our soul, through our eye gates, through our ear gates. And how much of it do I let in and what do I let in? My responsibility as a, as a Christian, as a person of faith in Christ, is to discern and judge and watch what it is that I'm going to let into my spirit through the soul of my, of my being. And the only way I can discern and judge this rightly is to be in the word of God, to be watchful, and to, to, to judge it rightly according to the word of God. To pray over things, not to just uh, allow certain people in, whoever wants to come in is, is in, and in my, in my inner circle, uh, whatever they want to do, I'm going to go with them. No, 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 no. I, I've got to choose. I've got to watch. I've got to be diligent. And not just for myself, because you see, the Lord has given his church a voice. And he's given us stewardship through ministries 
And we are his voice in this world today. How will they hear unless we go? So if we don't remain diligent, if we don't remain watchful, if we're not in the word, and if we're not willing to take it to them, then we can't raise a standard of holiness and righteousness in this corrupt world. And not only is our spiritual house, so to speak, broken down because we've compromised with the world, but we're allowing their spiritual house to be broken down. And we're allowing the name of the Lord and the word of God to be deleted out of our society. So we've got to be watchful because there's so much riding on that, not just for ourselves, but for others as well. And it's true that we suffer in this. You know, we share in the sufferings of Christ. But it's for the glory of our God. And so we can't be worried so much about, well, you know, what will they say about me? What will happen? Will I lose my job? Will, will, will uh, this or that happen? We can't worry about that so much. But some of us are so consumed, even when I say us, some of us, I'm talking about Christians, we're so consumed by the job and the things of this world. Are we going to be able to buy that car, that house? We're so consumed by that that we neglect our stewardship. We neglect our faith. We neglect our spirit life. And we neglect the fact that Christ is coming back, and we don't know when he's coming back, but we are still going to be responsible for being ready. Will we be ready? Amen. Good. And um, a very good illustration as well. Um, You know, when we talk about... Yes, and you know when we talk about watching, um, it's it's real interesting how a lot of times we uh, leave our Bibles sitting on the shelf and and it gets dusty. Um, yeah, and I'm talking about the body of Christ, and we we have to wake up. We have to begin to be earnestly in the Word, uh, seeking our Lord and Savior, because. We, if we wait, if we wait, and that that's what happens most of the time when we when there's danger, when there's sorrow, when there's suffering, when there's pain, when there's a time of uh, a situation that we are lose total control, um, that we have we, no matter what we do will not work. That's when we want to bend down on our knees before the Lord and be watchful, uh, seeking Him for an answer or a solution to our problem. But based on what the Lord is saying, we should be already in covenant. We should already be in that relationship that uh, we can see beforehand these things coming, not when the danger arises that we want to wake up and stand guard. Um, You know, because once, things are out of hand and you lose control, uh, it's going to be more difficult to reel it back in and keep that relationship and stand strong in it and not wait for the danger to come because uh, the Lord told us to. It's it's a very simple thing. When he tells us to do something, when we stand in line with him, things just go 
doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be perfect because the enemy is also out there uh, looking to cause chaos in our lives. But let's uh, press in with the order of our Lord and Savior to prevent some of these things happening. Um, and 44, it says, therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you did not know, uh, you did not expect. Now, uh, we kind of talked about that earlier, so I'm going to move forward to the next one. In 45, it says, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master, a ruler over his household, to give them food in due season? I'm reading the Spirit-filled Bible, and and I just want to continue on because it kind of goes along with that uh, 45, 46. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find find doing so. So um, the Lord is telling us that we should also be faithful. How can we be faithful in this hour? There's so many things we need to do to be uh, applicable. Now, to be faithful in the eyes of God is following his word. Because when we look at Abraham, it was the word that was given to him that he followed that brought him into righteousness with God. So when we look at Noah, uh, the same thing. His faithfulness from hearing the word of God and him acting it out. Now, as believers of the Most High God, um, we should be also following his word that has been given to us because Jesus is the word. We can't say that enough on here for you, that Jesus is the word. So we must apply the word to our lives in order for us to be faithful. But there's many other things that we want to look at as far as being faithful as well. But, Minister uh, Belinda, please share what the Lord has given you. Yes, when he says, you know, faithful. Okay, so he's saying, who then is a faithful and wise servant? Whom his Lord had made ruler over his household. They give it to him. Uh, them meet in due season. Okay, so you you have to apply yourself to be faithful. You need to be praying, God, how do I be faithful? Read the word. God will tell you wisdom. You have to have be wise. No, no saint of God should be lacking in wisdom. He says he gives it freely. He gives everything freely. You have to apply yourself in hunger and thirst after righteousness. So a wise, and then he says, I, I make you ruler over your house. You have to walk in that authority. If God says, I've given you authority to rule over your house, then you have it. It's up to you to walk in it the way God says, to do the principles that God says. And then you'll receive meat in due season. Did you go down to 48? No, I don't think it is. Um, I did uh, 45 and 46. 45, 46. And it says, blessed as a servant, uh, his Lord, when he uh, cometh, find him doing. So you have to be found. When God comes, you have to be found doing these things. And a lot of times you hear the saints of God. Here's this word that we use too much. Well, I can't. 
You deny, when you say that, you're denying the power of God. You can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. It is not by your might or by your knowledge or your wisdom. It's by God. If God says you can do it, you can do it. If he says you can be faithful, you can be faithful if you're willing to submit yourself to God. And wisdom lets you know how to how to rule your household. And that's the wisdom of God. It's not what you think or, or what you want to do. It's what thus says the Lord. And it's not an emotional thing. Well, I don't feel. Feel has nothing to do with it. You won't reap that meat in due season doing it the way you feel. There's a lot of saints of God are not taking the authority that God gave them. And all of those things are important. It gives you the authority and the power to be found doing I like to say this, uh, when I was uh, uh, searching after God, and I had multiple dreams, and my front door was, in the dream was, I'd lock it, and then it was unlocked. And I was willing to lock the door. Why did it get unlocked? Go into the back door. Then there was dreams that I had. My, my top was off. Well, a praying for the wisdom of God, seeking the understanding. People are having dreams and they're they're bombarded. What does this mean? What does this mean? Ask God to give you the understanding. It's free. Well, the Lord was telling me that house you're trying to secure is not your natural house. It's the spirit house. I had, like uh, Sister um, Donna says, portals were open. In the natural, we secure a house so nobody will come in. That's not right. What the Lord was telling me, you keep running around thinking it's a door. It's a spiritual door. And he said, being found and found naked. And you're wanting, when you don't have the right garments on, you don't have the things of the Lord on you, whether it's wisdom whether it's understanding, whether it's walking in the power of God, it's coming out of bondage, you are naked. Instead of you having power over the enemy, he's having authority and power over you. Once we come into the faithfulness and the wisdom, we have authority over that household. But that's through knowledge and wisdom. And you can't get it if you're not faithful. Staying on that road, not detouring from that road, pressing forward to the higher mark. And when you do that, more authority and more power, you no longer are tossed to and fro. You've allowed God to build a foundation. Your roots are deep in the Lord. So when the storms come, you know, you're able to stand. What Donna was saying, 
that when these events happen. But if I'm naked and undone, I'm and I've got myself on sand. When that storm comes, I'm gonna fall. You you'll see, uh, uh, brothers and sisters. I've heard this, and I've often stood on the sidelines and said, "Lord, what's why are they doing that?" If you can praise God in the good times and you sing how God, how good your God is, and then when something happens, you say, well, where's God? Is he not the same God when you were praising him? Or did you not be found done and and doing what God says? You know, he said praise him at all times. Acknowledge him at all times. Is he not the same God that you say he gives? He is powerful of strength, and uh, he's our fortress. That when when uh, people walk away from God, when something happens, he hasn't changed. He's still the same God. Amen. Amen, absolutely. He is a God that never changes. And bless his holy name for that. Um, even though that uh, some will try to reinterpret who he is and try to make him to be uh, what they want him to be by implementing um, things that sound good, he is a God that will never change according to his own word and own saying. Um, Minister Gloria, please share what the Lord is giving you on um, verse 45 and 46. What I read regarding the full and wise servant, uh, when the master, whom the master has made ruler over his household. What has the Lord chose you there? Amen. You know, uh, in terms of being faithful, you know, it's, the, the the being faithful is a, is a designation uh, given to Christians. Uh, it, it it refers to their faith, their trustfulness as as the disciples of Christ. Um, but faith in what? Faith in the Lord. You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, I, I wanted to read some of the Psalms because the Lord said that David was a man after God's own heart. And the Lord chose David to be king of Israel because he loved his heart. And I, I just wanted to look in the Psalms and see how did David express faithfulness? Now, And I want you to, for those that are listening, I just wanted you to, to listen carefully and note David doesn't exalt himself. He is king. He's a leader, a powerful man. But watch how he humbles himself before the Lord. And everything of power, everything of uh, victory, everything of goodness, of of his own uh, preservation, he attributes that to God's faithfulness and God's uh, God's promises that he is that God is uh, he's faithful to his promises. Uh, he, the the Lord loves his servants. The Lord watches over his servants. Just look here, listen here, please. To, to David, just honor the Lord 
in uh, in Psalm 61, verse 7, he says, he will abide before God forever, appoint loving kindness and truth that they may preserve him. Preserve who? He's talking about what God will do for David and for his servants. In, in Psalm 89, 5, the heavens will praise your wonders, O God, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. Psalm 91, 4, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. In Psalm 92, 2, he says, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. This is, the, this is what the disciple of the Lord does. The faithful one that believes in God, that trusts God for everything. This is the attitude of his heart to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness, speaking of the faithfulness of God and your faithfulness by night. Psalm 108 verse 4, for your loving kindness is great above the heavens and your truth reaches to the skies. You know, he acknowledges the heart of God, the, the truthfulness of God, the faithfulness of God the loving kindness of God, such is a faithful one. He is faithful because he believes in all that God is according to his word. He believes in the promises of God. He believes mercies and the grace and the heart and the goodness, the greatness, the power, the holiness, the beauty, oh, the beauty of God. That he is God, that he is sovereign, he is Lord of lords, he is king of kings, such is a faithful one, the one who believes in the Lord God and all that he is. Amen? Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That you brought out as well. Um, we also, too, we can look at this from a different perspective as to who he's talking about because faithful servants, it must be someone who is serving him. Uh, serving him in his body, uh, serving him as his slave, um, serving him in the, uh, a household that he has given to them to uh, go- have governorship over or have um, uh, some sense of authority over. So when we're talking about um, that he has made you ruler over his household, uh, he he must be talking about uh, someone that has been pla- in a place of office, someone that he has given rulership over uh, exactly. his, his his household, his children. So we can look at it in the spiritual, as Minister Belinda did, which is great, awesome. Um, but we also can look at it from the fact that we have ministers, we have people who are called uh, to give uh, to speak over people that are, are stewards, that are servants of the Most High God, and and so when he's saying that, he's telling um, he uh, speaking to them. He's saying, he says, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household uh, to give them food. 
in due season. And what kind of food do we give? Of course, he wants us to feed meat, but we also know that there are some that are drinking milk that just have come into the body of Christ. So we have to uh, follow his word. And he said, blessed is that servant whom he had, whom his master, um, what, when he comes, will find doing so. I believe that also, too, that there there's instruction in this is that we don't go make our own rules, our own regulation, our own act, our own doctrine uh, to do these things our way because he wants us to be faithful in it. Uh, and we want us to be wise. Where did we get the wisdom? It cannot be in our own cunning, crafty ways. It has to come from that, uh, uh, from God, from up above. And that means, again, we have to be diligent in seeking him. And moving forward into uh, verse 47, it says, Surely I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. So um, he's looking for a faithful and wise servant um, that is going to follow all of his ways, do it his way. Uh, can we be perfect in it? No, but we must be continually seeking him for revelation again. But he says, but if that evil servant, that this is someone going wayward, going away from uh, his way, um, says in his heart, says in his heart. It has to it doesn't have to be an open dis- display. It doesn't have to be something that um we are doing for man to see. If it's in the heart of man, which is very uh serious because that means you know, God searches the heart as he did with uh Satan when he was given the five eyes of what he would do, it was from the heart, the pride heart, the proudful heart um, he says that my master is delaying his coming, so they just start doing things any kind of how because they figure that nobody sees them. But Elroy sees all and knows all. He's, his eyes are not close to anything. And he's not like Satan where he has to be in one place at, uh, at a time. God is everywhere. He's omniconnescent. So he he knows all, he sees all. And he says, and begins to beat his fellow servants and do and to eat and drink with the drunkards. And and we can look at that natural and spiritual as well. Uh the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware. And then it says, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we know that that would be in what? Gehazi, in, in uh, Sheol, in hell. Uh, Minister Belinda, please share your thoughts there. Okay. Uh, you know, God says, now here he takes it to another realm. He said, I will make him ruler over all his goods. So, and when Donna was saying, not, we're not walking in perfection, okay? It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. And then when God says his, he turns away with his heart, why did God give us, take away the stony heart and give us that fleshly heart when we came to salvation? 
because our stony heart will tell us what we're doing is okay. You know, but when he gave us that fleshly heart, that heart is God's. And God moves in that heart. He talks to us through that heart. He talks through his spirit that's in us. You know, he tells us. The heart of God is different. You know, it makes you love in a different way. It makes you think in a different way. But if you continue to apply yourself to what God says, then he, you're going to have, he's going to give you authority over all of it. You will not lack. And your house, and like she was saying, it's not just your natural house, but it's your spiritual house. But you were supposed to have authority in all things that God appoints you. Okay, if he's giving you a home, do you, are you having authority over your home? Do you let anything come into your house? Do you let anybody do anything in your house? If you have children, he gives you authority over your children. But when it says that, um, okay, so we're not, we know that God's heart is in us. But if we start moving from God, we're going towards that stony heart. Eventually, we'll become so drunk, and it says drunk. You look at a drunk person in the natural. They can walk one way, talk right, uh, walk right, you know, walk physically. They get drunk enough to start saying anything out their mouth, start having all kinds of irrational behavior. He's talking about us as spiritually. We no longer see. We're becoming drunk, unaware, you know. And in and, and the heart, he said, out of the heart comes murderers, comes fornication, comes this, all these things that he said. So the heart is important. And if we don't guard our heart and pray over that, what it will make you not aware, it will make you unaware, it will make you blind, spiritually blind, spiritually deaf, because you're like a drunkard, so you're not listening, you're not seeing, and here comes God. Here comes the Son of Man. Now he says, and when he comes, and he shall, he shall cut him asunder and appoint him to the portions with the hypocrites. And there will be uh, weeping and gashing of the teeth. Then you're going to understand that you've been drunk and you've been found un, un, unprepared, unwanting. But it's too late. And we don't have, we don't really have the revelation as God gives us what gashing of the teeth is like, you know, mm-hmm. to be so afraid that your teeth, uh, uh, some people have seen fear and it's affected their teeth, you know, how you grit your teeth out of fear. This is going to surpass that. And see, all of this, we see prior to this, how many scriptures he talks about about the heart. Not being drunk. Being wise. Now here, he's saying it again. And we don't lean to our own understanding. How many times does God say, my ways is not 
Our ways is not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. In the scripture, if possible, the very elect. And if you're not hearing and being led by the Spirit of God or his heart, you know, God's heart can, can weigh on you heavy. To you, it's a, when you start walking out of his will, it's a repentance. It's a sorrowful repentance. Because God lets, he lets you see through his eyes the state you're in. And see, if you can't see the state you're in, you're deceived. And you think you're okay. And it's so important. You know, we know not the hour will pass away. What happens if tomorrow I take my last breath? And I have not. I have put down the garments that God said to put on. I have allowed my mind, my heart to be affected. Until I'm out of the will of God. That's all. Amen. Blessing. Uh, this this is a real good um, session today. It's bringing out some real meat for the body of Christ. Um, Minister Gloria, please share your thoughts in this area. You know this word servant. Uh, sometimes this is this is this can be a hard word to swallow. <laughs> uh, if people don't understand what the authority is, because the word servant, and and I think you know this is where we we get a lot of people just closing off their ears. The word servant really means slave, and it, that's difficult to take, but that's what it means. It means a slave, but you have to understand a slave to who and a slave how. Uh, because in this world, you know, we learn that uh, we got to reach for the high thing and we got to be all that. And uh, the world teaches us very different. And so nobody wants to be a slave or considered to be a slave. But we have freedom. Why? Because Christ purchased us with his blood his death and suffering, so the suffering and death uh, on the cross. And it's because of him that we become spiritually free. It's because of him and his suffering and death on our behalf that we have eternal life. Otherwise, we would be a slave of the enemy because of our sin. And we would have eternal death because of the condemnation, because sin breeds death. That that's all we would get. And eternally, we would be bound and slaves of the enemy. But instead, we have freedom because Jesus purchased us with his blood, and he died in our place. He took our de- eternal death, and he gave us his eternal life. He gave us his righteousness. And so we are free in him, but we are slaves of the Lord. And so we are servants of the Lord. Now, I, I want to read some scriptures because I, I want people to take a hold of this because you got to know your role. You know, the servant of the Lord has many roles. 
And so we become stewards, we become teachers, we become leaders. Why? Because we're free in this world. We're not bound by the things of the world, and so we're free in Christ. And because of that, we're able to rise above in the spirit and help a hurting and dying world. They are dying. Why? Because they're still bound. They're still slaves of the enemy, and he crushes them under the burden of his weight, under the burden of sin. But the Lord says to us, take my yoke, for my burden is light, says the Lord. And because of that, we are free. We're free. But what are we free to do? What are we free for? We're free in Christ. And this is what the Lord says. For you were called to freedom in Galatians 5.13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. We're not bound by the devil anymore. We're not bound by sin and death anymore. But we can't use that freedom uh, for our own purposes. We can't consume it upon our own lust or upon our own desires, right? In Philippians uh, 1, 1, it says, Paul and Timothy, who, who were apostles of the Lord, Bond servants, they were bond servants of Christ Jesus. And it says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. So the servants of the Lord become leaders in the body of Christ. In Colossians 3.22, it says, slaves. It's addressing slaves. And who are those? That's us. <laughs> slaves in Christ. It says, slaves. In all things, obey those who are your masters on earth. In other words, your authority, your authority figures, your uh, employers, your, you know, those who are in authority on earth. It says not with external service. I mean, that means not pretending as those who are merely pleasers of men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. So why do we do it? Because, not because we're afraid of men, but because we fear and we revere and we honor that one that is our true master, our Lord. And this is the way he does it. He does it with excellence. And so he expects us to do it with excellence. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, but for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. And again, in uh, Titus 2, 9 and 10, it says, urge bond slaves, urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, whatever that means, stealing, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that they will adorn the doctrines of God, our Savior in every respect. We are the servants of the Lord. However, we live in this world 
And God appoints authority figures over us. And he uses those authority figures to shape us, to mold us, to accomplish his purposes for our lives. It's necessary that that happens. He does it in an orderly way. And so he appoints these authority figures in our lives, but we are not slaves to those authority figures. Our true master is the Lord God himself. But in his governance over us, he does order authority figures over us, our pastors, our church leaders. He, he puts them in our lives to help us so that he can, you know, he's the potter and we're the clay and he shapes us. And throughout all of our lives, and especially from the time of our salvation <clears throat> until our death, the Lord continues to shape and mold us to get us ready for eternal life. And he does that by putting authority figures in our lives. But we are servants of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then, and then he also he makes mention of the wicked servants. And we're talking about um, someone who possibly could be a servant of God. And, you know, we come in with that first love of God and we start walking. And sometimes the temptation of the devil comes in. And later on it becomes a corrupt mannerism and way. And, and so that person begins to act out and do things based on their own agenda instead of the order of God. And um, when we're talking about the body of Christ, um, you know, there's a kingdom of God and a way of doing things in, uh, unto God in the kingdom. And then there's the kingdom of the world. But uh, so we're separated away from the kingdom of the world and their system. We are submissive to the kingdom of God's system in its totality. So when we're talking about... Um, the body of Christ, when Paul is speaking of the body, he's speaking of the body of Christ and how we do things. And, and the reason why I say that, he says in in other scriptures, especially to the Corinth, he says, I have nothing to do with those that are without. So his writings is to those that are within. So he's talking about a submission to the order of God and his system because one thing is a lot of um of the new text, it leaves out as it is unto God. So we have to know that there is a B there and that that, that was left out with the A for uh, whatever the interpreta later interpretations and reasons is for. Um, so when we, when we talk about interpretations of the Bible, we find that uh, it started out with one order, which is um, pro pro probably most likely uh, the definite way that the Lord's original intention for his word or his sovereign will for the word would have been. But then we find later interpretations have been deviated from what God's most likely sovereign will is. So we have to also take understanding that we have different things that uh, corrupt, corrupt man, that can bring man into corruption. So we have to take the final discernment from the revelation of God and what his sovereign will would have been for man. Very important. So he talks about a wicked servant. What does the wicked servant do? It does what is contrary to the will of God. It's a, 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 a 
entity in the earth that has accepted perdition, uh, that has gone into reprobate, uh, that is in rebellion to the things of God. And, and um, you know, one commentary from um, Matthew Henry, he speaks of it as like the vilest of men. Uh, it's, he speaks of it uh, uh, as uh, a wicked Christian, a wicked minister, uh, a wicked man that has gone off off the, the narrow path, that has decided to take in the broadened path. Um, it is one, and he says that, you know, in, in uh, Jesus, he's speaking uh, in the word of God, and he's saying that, Surely I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, and begins to um, to beat his fellow servants and, and drink with the drunkard, that master of the servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at the hour uh, that is not that he is not aware. So we're talking about the ultimate master, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It, it's going to come, and he's going to deal with that that wicked servant, that one that has corrupted, uh, that one has that has taken on perdition, has put on a reprobate mind, uh, that has moved from the will and the things of God, the Word of God, and accepted their own uh, interpretations for their benefit. And uh, thirdly, I want to say to any of the ministers out there, wherever God has given you, whether it's global or in your community, uh, whether it's national, wherever you are, whatever God has given you, that is the place where you should function in. And to God be the glory. Minister Belinda, please share what the Lord has given you. You know, first of all, what is a hypocrite? It's a person that does says one thing and does another. Okay? So it's saying that this person no longer is doing the will of God. They have allowed their heart to become corrupt and say, my master delay at this coming. That starts to do things that they shouldn't. But God says what's going to happen to them. So it's like uh, any of us. You can deceive man, but you will not deceive God. And man will not be your judgment, but God will be your judgment. You could be in, if you have taken the word of God and decided, you know, I'm going to do it my way. If you're in the Lord's house and he has made you ruler over the house, and you are no longer following after God but the lust of your flesh. You know, he said, if possible, my elect. Okay, so he's told us we're going to see signs and wonders, but they don't come from him. And a lot of people are being deceived because somebody has gifts without repentance. And, oh, they're holy. They're the, God sees the heart. So it's like you performing this, but you haven't deceived nobody but yourself. Because it's like God coming in the church or wherever you may be, and you're 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 doing your thing, performing, and all of a sudden God says, taps you on your shoulder and says, Okay, I'm here. There's no place to go. What are you gonna say? 
where are you going to run? You know, what Sister uh, uh, Gloria said, using your cloak to do wrong. That's not the will of God. But he says, <laughs> he says, they shall be weeping and gashing of the teeth. You could hold a service. You could do all things. But if it's not what God says, it matters. It has no reality. And it's under the judgment of God. You know, when he says our ways are not his and his thoughts is not ours, when you yield your spirit to God, God will begin to teach you. And years ago, God told me, he said, Belinda, you are not a trash can. And I said, what, Lord? And he said, out of my heart, hear what I'm saying? Trying to search for the right things. And sometimes believing that these people are right because I had a hunger for righteousness. And God told me, when he told me that, he says, okay. And he said, lean not to your own understanding. This is where we get to see because we're trying to siphon this stuff out in our own spirit. God is a spirit of truth. There is no unrighteousness in God. And I don't care how slick that person is. If you lean into God, God will not have you deceived. God said from now on, and I, he put a trash can on one side. And when somebody talks to me, the, the Lord God disciples it, not Belinda. Because I told the Lord, I said, I no longer want to. Lean to my own understanding. I want you to, to 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 judge it, and it stays out here. And I see God say, "This is not of me." It goes in the trash can, and the Lord Lord says, "Now you can accept this word. This word comes from me." You know how much sorrow that has kept sorrow from me. How much un useful energy being deceived is craziness. You know, you're running down a path of trying to do this, and it's not of God. And there's freedom in that. Having the knowledge and the wisdom of God, you don't waste your energy doing something that God hasn't told you. But you have to yield yourself to say, if he says not, lean not unto your own understanding, how many years have all of us, we can have a testimony. Have we wasted not having the knowledge of God? You could have a heart, a, a, a good heart to some degree, because we know now that our righteousness wasn't even, it's filthy rags before God. You know, people say, well, she's a good person, she's going to heaven. Now, if you ain't born again and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going nowhere. That's an, a deception and a lie. Your righteousness will never will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. The righteousness of God will. And that scripture she said, learn of me, my yoke is easy. See, we think God is a bondage. But once he opens your eyes, that's why Paul could say, I have become a prisoner of God. He had reached a place and seen the power and the love of God and his majesty that he chose to be a prisoner for him. And what did God give him? Authority to be able to tell somebody, you know, rise up. 
uh, to heal people, not deceitfully, but in righteousness. Mm. Our playing games yeah. is just what it is, playing games. Mm-hmm. So, so um, how how can you define? Is it going to be based on someone else's assumption, or is it a revelation of God? And how do you know what God? And I want to say, how would you know? Uh, I'm just saying this for the body of Christ as we move on to solutions as well. Um, how can we? Uh, like you said, it's it's in the eyes of God. So. How will one know if a person is doing what the Lord has told them to do? You see, there there's uh, people who are called to evangelize, and they go out to different places. They don't stay in one spot. Uh, they travel in ministry to different countries. And also they do something like what we're doing. They speak on um, the radio. They speak on TV. Or they they use other avenues to be able to reach out to people. Then we have those that uh, do both. Um, We have those that uh, also, uh, like me, I I even go to churches, but I sit in the background. I don't um, try to move up the ladder or move around. I like to stay where I am. And if since souls are being uh, saved, what do I have to do in that environment? I believe that. Uh, if souls are being saved, then what God has ordained is already in place. So now um, I'm just bringing this out and, and for us to look at it very well when we talk about a hypocrite. Because um, someone may perceive um, some of the big guys to be hypocrites uh, that are out there and just, I, I don't want to call any names. Some may perceive some of the smaller guys out there to be hypocrites and uh, they will say, well, that's why their church isn't growing, because they're not really teaching the Word of God, but yet they may be teaching the Word of God in the purest uh, uh, in its format, and, and it may not be growing because it's what people don't want to hear. So how can we uh, define what a hypocrite is, and do we really need to spend time looking at other people, or should we really be looking for God? Minister Gloria. Please share your thoughts in that area because, um, I, and I'm I'm just saying this because, um, you know, something may be going on with the individual, so they they may have stopped uh, going outside uh, in ministry, but yet they're still doing ministry. So I they may not be a, they may not be really a hypocrite, but but it could be perceived that way by someone, but not in the eyes of God. So. Because they're not doing typically what uh, religion, what precepts and laws of man say. Minister Gloria, please share your thoughts. You know, this, uh, this kind of reminds me of the of the parable that uh, uh, in, in Matthew 18, um, it starts with verse 23, uh, um, where the, the kingdom of God is compared uh, to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. And, and I, I, I like this particular passage because it, again, uses the word slave. And he was a king. He wants to settle his accounts with the slaves. And in particular, there was one slave 
that owed an amount of money, and and he didn't have the amount of money that was owed. Uh, I believe it was ten ten thousand the denarii that he owed, and he just didn't have it. And so he pleaded with the king, and the king wanted to sell him into slavery to somebody else. But he pleaded with the king, and the king forgave him the debt. Totally forgave him. He didn't have to pay it back, didn't have to do anything, just forgave him. And then this particular slave turns around, and he goes out, and he finds somebody else who owed him money. And the, the amount of money that that person owed him was less than what he had owed the king. And that person didn't have the money, but he, again, that person also began to plead with him and to ask him the very same thing that he had done with the king. Now this person is asking him if he could please just forgive him. Uh, and he says no. He wants his money. Otherwise, you know, he throws the person in, in the jail and uh, he doesn't forgive him. But yet he had been forgiven of much more. But he couldn't find it in his heart to forgive this other person. And so we're talking about the wicked servants and the hypocrites, you know, and how is it that we want so much from God, but yet we turn around and we do just the opposite of what we would want God to do for us? And so our heart is not in keeping with the ways of God. Uh, and I think that's what defines the wicked servant. Um, when we operate opposite of the righteousness of God that he has given us through the salvation, he paid for everything for us. He suffers uh, what well, we should have suffered. And he goes to the cross, and they put these nails in his hands, and the nails in his feet, they pierce his side. He dies on that cross, the death that we should have de- died for our own sins. We have a sin debt. He paid it all. And then on top of that, he gives us an eternal life with him, with God the Father, with him. And this is an eternal life that we cannot imagine the beauty and the goodness that is to come. But we have the promise of it, the inheritance of it, because he gave it to us freely, freely. We paid nothing. We did nothing for it. And yet here we are on this planet, and we want to be all that. We want to say all that. We want to collect all that is not owed to us. And we demand it sometimes. We demand it through wicked behavior. And if it's not given, then we turn to stealing. We turn to cursing people out. We turn to, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of briberies. And and we can see it even in the the government, the greed and the uh, pride, the arrogance, the... uh, the thinking of uh, entitlements and the extent to which it goes, you know, um, and all kinds of wickedness, all, just all kinds of things that are going on 
because people think that they are entitled to something and it's wow. about their own it's about their own desire and it's about them lifting their themselves up to make demands in the world in this world wow but and yet they want to claim to be someone to claim to be servants of God and they forget that God is watching mm-hmm. God is judging and God is not mocked so uh, I think that is the difference between the, the true servant and the wicked servant is the one who turns around and, uh, and on the one hand, they, before God, they want to plead with God for mercy and forgiveness. And then on the other hand, they turn around and they go into the world and they think they can do whatever they want to do out of the desires of their own heart so that they can consume what they get on their own lust. Wow. That's amazing. Um that that's a, that is a good scenario, and it, I mean, from the Word of God, that is a good, uh, you know, coming from the parable of Jesus Christ, and um, we know that Jesus Himself identified this wicked servant. It wasn't coming from man. Um, it wasn't coming from what what was being seen on the outside or perceived on the outside. It wasn't coming from what uh, was heard from the outside. It wasn't coming from what was felt from the outside. Because most often when we feel something uh, or have something in our emotions, it's part of the soulless realm. It doesn't have to do with God. Um, the, in, the, is, um, the inner thing comes from God. The, the most inner part of it comes from God. And we know that. And we know that by looking at um, Ananias and Sapphira, um, when both of them came to lie, it was the spirit, the Holy Spirit that was in God that brought the judgment. It wasn't Peter uh, himself. So, um, again, uh, we also all have to be careful when when we're identifying and saying that uh, concluding that someone is a hypocrite based on what we hear, feel, you know, things that enter into the, the gateways. Um, we should be watchful, but let our watchfulness be under the eyes of God. Let our um, everything that we have uh, that the Lord has given us in, in body, uh, in spirit, soul, and body, let it be defined by the Most High God and not by things that we hear by things that we see, smell, taste, and uh, feel, because that can be damaging to to others. And that that's what I want 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 to point out before we go off into our solution. Um, we have now 15 minutes left, and we also want to pray. Minister Belinda, please share uh, your final words with the body of Christ. Yes, you can't judge somebody out of your own spirit, because then you'll be judged with that measurement. Only God knows, you know, and it's now for us, you know, only the spirit can say if something, somebody's wrong. And, you know, you go to the scripture where he says he'll stand before him and say, Lord, didn't I uh, do this? Didn't I do this? And then he'll say, get before me, you workers of inequity. That's not man judging. That's only God can do that. Amen. You know, he gives us, he gives us spiritual insight according to the spirit to judge from good and evil. But uh, Amen. And, and and the guideline is to obey God. 
to seek Amen. after him. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give a personal righteousness. Go ahead. Amen. I want to give a personal testimony on this and why I say it. Um, I'm I'm rarely seen. I'm not visible that often, but uh, there's a mm-hmm. whole lot of speculation that comes up on me um, that I don't even. I'm like I'm trying to under even understand it. Um, I don't even have often time to communicate with people, but that can be perceived differently as well. Uh, uh, I'm sure that like a person like Bishop Jakes, he's on the move all the time. He just doesn't have time to stop and pick up every call or uh, try to intertwine with someone or they will take it or someone else might take it as rejection. And that's an emotion, you know. It's not something that's relevant to God's kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm just giving examples uh, that we have to uh, begin to move away from that soulish realm and that that, uh, outer realm where we reflect on our senses uh, to cause us to start moving uh, inwardly in in a a way that's out of God because we'll start acting it out. Maybe we will pick up the phone and start calling other people. And that is not God either. And gossiping is not God. Um, Telling communications that are not favorable to others without them is not God. Because if you have ought with your brother, what do you do? You go to uh, before the elders or go before um, uh, the godly council, and um, then you come to a conclusion. You you know, judgment in that area based on the word of God. Uh, also prayerfully with God. And I say that because when you're dealing with marriages, it's the same thing. You cannot draw assumptions by one conversation. Um, most of the time, if you do draw assumptions, it's because you favored one more than the other. And that, is again, is moving in flesh. So we, the body Amen. of Christ, we have to begin to wake up and move out of that a soulish rim and move out of the third dimension, we should be even at the seventh dimension, but these things have delayed and stagnated the body of Christ because we have put our eyes up on other ministers instead of reflecting on our own self-examination of where we are because we want to see the worst in, in the individual to support lifting our own self up. You will not be lifted up uh, by tearing other people down. You will not uh, be moving in the things of God by pulling other people down and by looking at, uh, observing uh, things that you see that they're doing wrong. What we can do is we can pray for them, pray that the Lord will arrest them and drag them out of it. We also should be praying for ourselves more so, and we should be praying that the Lord will keep us diligently on the right path. Minister Belinda, please continue. Uh, we, I'm sorry we have... Ten more minutes in Jesus' name. Uh, it's very serious if you do that stuff, because you could fall into judgment yourself. You know, because you're tearing down somebody, and uh, God has warned us in the Word not to do that. So whatever you say, you need to guard your mouth. Make sure that's what God says. But uh, it's really not having your thoughts. 
He says, we don't have any thoughts. You know, I have many thoughts, but my thoughts don't rule me. He said, you have to uh, be led by God in his thoughts, his ways. Your ways have nothing to do with it. And that's all I got to say. Amen. I I think, yes, we should move into prayer now because we have like eight minutes, um, less than eight minutes to go. So, please start us off with prayer and we want to pray for the body of Christ um, that the Lord will help us to be sustainable in this hour that we will seek that revelation and be watchful in prayer as we have talked about in Jesus. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come boldly into your throne room, but humbly. Lord, we pray as a unit, God, for your people. We pray, God, that you'll bring your people into your wisdom and your knowledge and your discipline, God, with that they will benefit, God, from your word. But, Lord, you said that you came to give us life and life more abundantly. In the fullness, God, you lack in nothing. God, I ask you in Jesus' name, let your people not Yield to their own thoughts, but lay them down, God, and pick up your ways, God, for your ways are beneficial to them. Lord, I pray for all of those, God, that are crying out in your name for help, God. I pray for all those that are heavy-hearted, God, that they will come to the wisdom and knowledge, how to walk in where their hearts will be lifted up, Father. I pray for those that are in bondage, God, that they their chains will be broken. God, I ask you, Lord, Father, and those that are walking out of your will, God, I pray that they have a repentant heart to come back to you, Lord. God, Jesus, Lord, for if we know not the hour, Lord Jesus. So, God, I ask you in your name, Jesus' name, believe in all things, God, according to thy will and thy word, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, bless the Lord, and um, Minister Vasquez, we have like uh, three minutes. Father God, we praise you, we thank you for this word today, dear Lord, we thank you, dear God, for making us your servants, Lord God, we thank you for your mercies and your grace. We owe you much more, Lord God, than we could ever repay, but you paid it all, and you gave us life, life abundant, life eternal, and we thank you for that, dear God, we thank you. For the time that we have here on earth, dear Father, to prepare for life eternal, dear God. And we understand that daily, daily, every day that's given to us is a mercy and a grace from you. It's, a, it's your expression of love to us, dear God. And we pray that we can learn to be watchful, diligent, uh, that we can be people of prayer, dear God. That we can be honest and faithful servants, dear Lord. That we can be wise servants and that we can be good stewards, dear God, of all that you give us, dear God, that we can be good stewards of the things of the kingdom, Father God, that we can bring forth the gospel to those who don't know it, dear God, that we can help them to understand who you are and your sovereignty in our lives, Father God, that we can learn to be discerning and to judge the things of this world rightly, and that we live in the world, but we are not of it, Father God, and help us dear God, to be your disciples, dear God, and to keep your holy standard, to, to raise up your holy standard, to raise your name, dear God, in this in this earth, 
And we thank you, Father God, for having paid our sin debt. We thank you for all, dear God, that you sent your son, Jesus, and for all that he has done for us, dear God. Uh, Father God, we just pray that you keep us, you guide us, you lead us, you direct our lives, dear Father God, that we will honor you always, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless the Lord. And before we close out, I'm just going to quickly read Revelations chapter 2 and verses 1 through 7. And here we go. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things said he that holdeth the seven stores in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them that which are evil. And thou hast tried them, which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlesticks out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans which I also hate. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That is what we all desire to do. And we can't do that focusing on putting our focus in areas that will not Uh, help us to be fruitful and multiply, that will also detach us from the vine of Jesus Christ. So I encourage all of the body of Christ to think about what you're doing in this hour. He said, watch and pray. We must be vigilant and we must be diligent in our works and be faithful unto our Lord and Savior. Um, It is good at this time, to self-examine ourselves and not so much others. We can spend much time examining others, but we need to examine ourselves and mind to ensure that we are aligned with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the grace of God be with everyone. May he empower and equip you for the days to come. And we thank you all for listening in to Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Radio, and also Kingdom Mandate today. We bless you, and may the grace of God move you forward. May it thrust you forward into thinking like him, walking like him, talking like him, most of all being led and walking by the power of the Holy Ghost, that you will be a son and daughter of the Most High, an heir to the throne of our Lord and Savior, that you will be able to experience the great and wonderful things that he has for you in this hour. God bless you all again. Thank you.